Ah, there it is. There it is. It must be Monday. It must be Monday. Uh, did you do any fishing over the weekend? Holy crap. Um, oh, no. I went, but I did not do any fishing. <laughs> we'll have to detail your uh, non-fish catching stories event. stories today, kids. Yeah. I got one. And then I got another one. You, you got your leg is what you got. We'll talk about that, too. Yeah, Look, ha- how to pull a hook out is important. You know, you don't realize. Uh, yeah, until it's in your body. <laughs> Oops. Have you hooked yourself lately? Uh, I also want to re- uh, talk about the guy that you went fishing with that got one stuck in his head. Was that last uh, year? Oh, that was two a years, years ago. Yeah. yeah. That, <laughs> was, that was gross. Oh, the big finish. Dun, 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 the no, no GMO fishing. Kelly, ladies and gentlemen. Bob Kester, ladies and gentlemen. What's going on, man? You see this? This. Oh, you got your lures. There it is right there. My new pack of Sluggos, two packages, two per each. That's four new Sluggos I can lose in the river. And they're the pre-rigged ones. They are pre-rigged. So as you noticed earlier, the packaging is for three unrigged Sluggos, 12 inches. But I get them rigged, so they take out the middle Sluggo, rig them up, repackage them and send me back two sluggos in the three sluggo pack but they're all inline rigged two big octopus hooks and everything so. it was all it was so funny for me to see it that so they they actually opened up a package of sluggos without the hooks in them put those two with the hooks in them and then they put staples all, all the way around the side of it like yeah, it's, it's kind of is that high quality it's kind of like the scratch and dent section at, at best buy it's like, i like this tv but it's held together with rubber bands and tape more cost effective than having a separate package i guess right sure right yeah and i want to know who gets that third sluggo where'd that go i That's mean what, where's the third sluggo is that, is that payment to the guy who gets to rig up the the tent well i'm gonna make these and then i'm gonna take this one you know after seeing you use the pre-rigged ones i don't know why anyone one would use one that's not already rigged and it's, it's and so good it is it's it's perfect you got a front hook a back hook they're in line and the weird thing about it is i took one apart and it's you would think that it's one line tied to the next line and then you tie on to that and that's how you pull this thing through the water right it's actually a loop holding all the, those two hooks together it's not a single tied line to the back hook if you take that apart it's a front hook with a loop, and the back hook is on that loop. Is it a wire or is it like it's mono? A what is it? Nylon leader. Wow. Yeah, it's well, a it's a weird contraption. Well, I guess nylon makes sense because so it keeps the flexibility like that. Yeah. So they must they must use a needle from the back, go all the way to the front, and use that loop instead of using a single line that you would tie to the front. Because I would I've always tied the front hook, have a leader go down to the back, tie the back hook. This is a loop. I wonder how they do that. Like, do they do that as part of the mold process, or no, do they work it through after they do the thing? No, they don't, because the mold process would put three in this package, and then they open up the package. They take two out, <laughs> and then they rig it up. <laughs> right. Like that. So no, it's just, not part of the molding process. That doesn't make sense. Well, I mean, they've they got to figure out a way to make it part of the molding process. How tedious no. is that to have to rig up each one and put it back in? Fishing. The whole fishing business is full of tediousness. Have you ever seen them like like fillet uh, shad? Why would you? It's tedious. But if you look on YouTube, you'll find an old guy who just sits there all day long. Well, you got to get these bones. You got to get these bones. You got to get these bones. Fold it back over. Presentation looks beautiful, but it's a dying art. Who yeah. wants to? Yeah, two hours later, you get like half of a meal. If I thought that rigging my own sluggos was a good idea, I'd just get the package and sit at home with a long, what, 
coat hanger, I guess. You could use a coat hanger and right. string them up that way, but it always comes out kinked and constantly takes a left. It's 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 dumb. When I want to eat shad, I just bring them home, put them into a blender, and drink it. <laughs> that's how I do it. That's that Guts and all, everything. That's gross. We'll get to blenders and fish in a second, but first I want to talk about the shark in the river. I had so many people come up to me, Bob, dude, you saw a shark in the Connecticut River? Yeah. I'm like, no. Not, I did not see. <laughs> I told everybody. And then they're all like, Pat Kelly's telling everybody. I'm like, oh my God, no. This is what happened. I'm, I'm fishing with my friend last week, early in the morning. And I've always said that when, when the, when it comes to stripers in the river, everybody's like, wow, the stripers are in the river. I never knew that there were stripers in the river. Well, sometimes the stripers are in the river. Sometimes the stripers are not in the river. This time of year when they are in the river, sometimes the stripers bite, sometimes they don't. But sometimes, if you're really, really lucky, it's like you're in a cherry picker high above a field full of German shepherds and you got a tennis ball on a string. (laughs) Those are the coolest days ever. If you can get one of those days on the water, you are going to have the best time of your life. I don't have kids, but I'm pretty sure it's cooler than having a kid if you can get a striper frenzy on the river. And we started off at 5 a.m. last week. We're drifting down over the rip just above the South End Bridge, the Westfield River. Every single cast we took, something was jumping at it, exploding at it, striking at it. We couldn't get the hook up, but we knew that the fish were there, and we knew that the fish were agitated and lively. So we circle around, we go back up, we drift over. Same thing, fish after cast after cast, fish after fish, surface explosion. So it's like our adrenaline is through the roof. We're having so much fun. We circle around, nothing. Absolutely nothing. We're like, we were just experiencing boiling water. And now it's (laughs) nothing. Nothing. Can't figure it out. We circle around, go back up again, and this time as we're drifting over the rip, we can see a trail line going downstream in the Connecticut River. And my friend's looking at me, he's like, you want to chase that down, see what it is? I'm like, yeah, let's go see what it is. Thinking by the time we get over there, it's going to dive down deep and disappear. We're like, yeah, we'll motor over. So he sets up his trolling motor, and we have this intersecting point where we're trying to catch up to this trail that's going downstream. Right, right. It's not above the water, so it's not a beaver, it's not a wood uh, muskrat or anything like that. And we get closer and closer and closer, and it... It doesn't veer off course. It picks up speed and keeps going away from us. So our trolling motor going downstream is no longer fast enough to keep up with this trail that's going south. So he's like, well, I'll start up my ma- my main engine. I'm like, yeah, all right. He's got a 25 Mercury on there. So he starts it up. It dives down deep, disappears. You can't see the trail anymore. Right. So we're like, all right, well, okay. Well, I guess we spooked that thing off, whatever it was. As he turns off his motor and we're realizing that we can't see it anymore and we're setting up the trolling motor to turn back around and go catch fish, we see it come up again just beyond the south end bridge and it turns around and comes back at us. What would do that? Holy ass, it a was bull so- shark in the Connecticut River. And this is the funny part about it because bull sharks being predatory would shut the bite off. The stripers would want nothing to do with it if they right. knew that a bigger predator was in the area. The only reason that makes the striper go into a frenzy is because they think they're the predator. So I'm thinking, okay, is this the uh, the pre- the prehistoric 
What's its nuts? Oh, the sturgeon? Yeah, is this a sturgeon that's all of a sudden Because turni- we've seen those with their spiked backs come yeah, out of the water like that. but they never come back at us. No. And this fish was like straight out of Jaws with the three barrels going under the boat. <laughs> Just it, like it, that, it, huh? It turned around, it came back at us, and I'm looking down in the water trying to get a visual because it's coming right at the boat, side, the broadside, and it just went under the boat. And that was it. We didn't see it again. See, that's when I'm firing up the engine. I'm getting off the water right there. And everybody I'm... laughs. They're like, oh, bull sharks are in the river. Oh, that's funny. Well, you got to understand that global warming has been coming for a long time. And bull sharks have been seen in St. Louis. Now, for those of you who don't have a map handy, that's the entire Mississippi River on the same lateral line that we're on. So if you can get bull sharks... In the Mississippi River in St. Louis, you should be able to eventually get bull sharks up the Connecticut River if they know that there's a food source. Right. Well, the jury is still out, but if you look at it on paper, there's a really good chance that there's something bigger in the river than the stripers. Because there's no reason for that bite to turn off in five minutes like that. Would that be unusual, though, for a bull shark to be in our waters? Because they're they're not, they're typically like warm water fish, aren't they? No. They're not. They're ferocious. They're mean. They've got bad attitudes, and they go anywhere they damn well please. It's, it's one of the few sharks that has. It's a smaller shape and body type than the tiger shark, but it has twice the attitude. Oh yeah, it's a ferocious little beast. Yeah, I'm aware. They're uh, they're stout. They're not fun they're, fish. They're not long, but they're and, very and they're stout. tenacious. They can make them up freshwater riverways, brackish water. They don't care. As long as there's a food source. I'm going with the story that you saw a bull shark in the in the Connecticut River. I'm going to lean towards it being a bull shark because I don't think a sturgeon would come back at us. My story sucks compared to yours. Try, what's your story? Um, I went fishing at uh, at Mill Park in Summers on uh, Friday night. Uh, use the whopper plopper. Ah, the whopper plopper. Yeah. And, yeah, and I was <laughs> Kim loves it. She loves just watching it. She stops fishing, just watches it. So, but it was one of those situations where so you're on the shore, but right away there's lily pads, like so ten feet of lily pads, and then the open water. So I was having to cast like over it and pass, and then at the last second, kind of pop you get it that out, a little lift up, so it yep. doesn't get caught. Second cast caught a nice little bass. Yeah, and there's all sorts of people around me using bobbers and worms, uh-huh. and I just I, I loved doing that, especially with them there. But then I got the thing hung up. Yeah, I think it was a lily pad. I don't even remember. And I did that thing. I, you know, you sock down the drag and you take up as much line as you, and you pull as hard as you can, you and pop then it. the lure comes back to you. It's seventy-five miles an hour, and it's stuck in my leg. Isn't that a great way to learn physics? Oh, <laughs> I thought it was because we've all, you know, you get hooks hung up on you doing that it's all a, the time. It's something that happens to fishermen. Yeah. yeah. So when it happened to me, it stuck in my leg. I'm, I thought, okay, this will be a good opportunity to scare Kim. Right, because I thought it was just like hanging there. I'm like, oh my god, Kim, look, the thing is stuck in my leg. You left it stuck oh. in your leg and turned around. Hey, look yeah. at this. Yeah, I'm like look oh. at this. Oh, look at this. And then I reached down and I realized that it really was stuck in my leg, like past the barb. You know, that's the thing. When that comes back at you with that kind of velocity, it doesn't hurt going in. No, it just it just feels like somebody hit you with a bat. Oof. But man, clenched teeth pulling that thing out. Mm, you know, you gotta you pulled it out yourself. I had to. You uh. what do I? Because Kim goes to me. She's like, just so you know, urgent cares close at eight o'clock. And you wouldn't want to go there anyway, because there's a line out the door for COVID-19 testing. That's, that's what I'm saying. I could see you now, though. You'd be like the waiting room on Beetlejuice. Everybody's just all lined up, and you got your hook in your leg. The next guy's got a really tiny head. And- right. <laughs> <laughs> 
It would have been the coolest story in the emergency room, yeah, though. They'd right? frame it and hang it up on the wall. Oh, so all good. I got Hooked t- in the leg. <laughs> we know a thing or two because we covered it. One more reason to use barbless hooks. Yes, indeed. Well, that's a pretty good story. No, what are you doing over there, bow and arrow, man? Oh, this is another fun story from over the weekend. I, I, the last time that we went fishing and we saw the shark, <laughs> we, we noticed that the, the carp are spawning. Right. And carp and eels are the only two fish species that you can legally bow hunt in Massachusetts. I happen to have two bows. One of them I can't pull back because my shoulders are shot. But I got this kid's bow, so I decided to bring Bowman Jr. out to the river on Saturday. Uh, no, yesterday morning, right at sunup to get me a, a carp right. for the garden because I got this great recipe for fish emulsion. Right. Get down there. I get out the bow. I get out the special fishing arrows that I've got. With the Zebco 808 reel and the little mini fishing pole that goes on the end of the bow, I put on my waders and I walked out into the the mushy muck, knee deep, and I didn't see any fish. <laughs> I'm just standing there with a bow and arrow like, um, ready, nothing. And then I was standing there, I was kind of bored. I was like, you know, maybe I should try this first to kind of get a swing of this whole bow thing. How hard could it be? So I pushed the button on the Zebco reel and I'm pulling back and I kind of fixate on some on a little twig that's like maybe six seven feet away right Boing! and i let it go in a nut in a nutshell at the point in which i let the arrow fly i probably should have run ahead caught it halfway and threw it the rest of the way so it would have some sort of velocity so that it might actually penetrate a fish if i was to actually hit one so i decided rather than to just stand there in six inches of slushy muck and needy water bouncing arrows off of these fish all day, I might as well just cut bait and go home. So I did. <laughs> the carp live. <laughs> so you, you showed up all ready to I play. Did, man. I did, I had a bucket. Had... I had a knife to gut them right there. I was, I was all ready. I was going to just lop off their heads and bring them home. And No, didn't. didn't. But, but so it goes so many times, right? You always go in with a plan. Oh, I had a plan. And sometimes it... Uh... Boink. Boink. I was like, what is this? Boink. That's the best, best I can do. I could shoot the arrow up in the air, and it wouldn't come down with enough velocity to do any damage. Uh, I got a beat on some grenades. <laughs> Boom. Today it's going to be, y'all sure do talk funny. Y'all sure do talk funny. We are three named storms into the new season. Yes. The third storm, nobody knows how to say it. And when I say that nobody knows how to say it, I say it because I don't think anybody knows how to say it. I don't think there's a correct way of saying crystal ball. Is it Cristobal or is it crystal ball? It's crystal ball. And here's why. So you're so, adding bull as in B-U-L. Oh, no, it's B-O-L. It's crystal ball. Well, now you're saying it different. You say right. it's crystal ball. That's, um, but then now it's crystal ball. It's crystal ball. Crystal ball. Yeah. Like sticks. Crystal Yeah, it's ball. <laughs> well, not like that at all. Oh, okay. That's um Spanish for Christopher. Cristobal. It's not Cristobal? No. It's not. If you called someone named Cristobal, Cristobal, they would probably laugh. They'd probably say, y'all sure do talk funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that would just be my guess. Well, that's good to know. It well, that's is. good to know. Thanks for that learning opportunity. Okay, so before we get out of here, stripers are here for how long and where stripers, are they in the river? This is the last, I'm predicting, this is the last week. If they're in the river, they're going to be in the river for today, tomorrow, and there's a storm coming on Thursday. So I'm guessing this is the last, 
Is it a depression when the storm comes? Whatever it is, when the storm comes, the barometric pressure changes. That's when the, the bite goes on. I'm guessing this is the last big strike for strippers. Oh, come on, Cristobal. 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 I'm a better fisher than I am a talker. Let's go fishing.